Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstead. Sup and welcome, magic folk, to episode number 61 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. I am no longer a host here at this podcast, so here are your hosts, Danny Oakstead. What's up? JB. Still only a co-host. <laughs> and you guys don't even care about me right now. I'm just an add-on. <laughs> but who are you? I'm Matt. Okay. Yeah, you're the bonus. You're our bonus, Matt. So does this mean that I'm the special guest? Every night. Yep. Hell yes. That leads to the show. Yes. I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> well, you've been promoted. Yeah, it's in your contract. Wait. <laughs> when did I sign this? You didn't have to. Yeah. You showed up. Okay. <laughs> uh, episode 61. <laughs> Let's jump into this. Starting off with our sponsor of the podcast, J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming. Thank you, J-Dubs, for sponsoring us. All y'all out there, please go check them out. They have so much magic product that they got. And with Commander Legends coming out, they're going to have Commander Legends product, the collector boosters, the commander decks, the draft boosters. They're going to have all of that for you. On top of that, they also have all the singles that you want. And they have a uh, bounty program where if you trade in cards that they're looking for in their bounty case, you get an extra 10%. A couple more things that they do is they have weekly leagues uh, Saturday and Sunday for Modern and for Legacy. So if you're interested, join the Discord, jump in, play some Modern and Legacy on Saturdays and Sundays. And finally, they can help you get your cards graded through PSA or Beckett. Go to the website, click the links, Fill out the form, send the cards to to Josh, and then he'll send them out. It saves you a lot more money than doing it yourself because he gets bulk rates. And let's move into that breakdown now. So in the breakdown, we're going to talk about the past weekend events, which was Red Bull World Finals. After that, upcoming events. Moving from there, we talk about BNR. Is there any? We don't know. Then we're going to jump into the news, which has a couple extra life things, and we're going to talk the rest of the time about uh, Commander Legend spoilers. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, we're going to squeeze into the finance section and deck of the week. So let's get this train on a road. Let's get this train on a road. <laughs> wow, that was mush mouth galore. I don't even know what the fuck I said. Words are hard. Words are hard. Apparently we're row, row, rowing our train. So with that, we pass it over. To the Boggle Desk with JB. Okay, so, yeah, we don't have much for events. There's really only one thing uh, we'll cover right now. The Red Bull on tap World Finals happened. Woo, yay! Because who doesn't love Red Bull, right? I don't know, I like it. I kind of have an addiction to Red Bull, unfortunately. Playing Red Bull is gross. It's good, it's good stuff. Okay, so anyway, we have the top eight of the finals here, and it looks like this was all standard. It was a split event with historic and standard, but they don't give me the whole flesh out of the historic, because I'm sure that happened before standard. So I'll give you the top eight here. We'll break it down. We had, in the quarterfinals for the top eight, we had an Azorius Blink deck, 
Demir Rogues with the Lyris Companion, Esper Doom Foretold with the Yorion Companion, another Demir Rogues with a Lyris, Gruel Adventures, another Gruel Adventures, Demir Rogues with Lyris, and another Gruel Adventures. So we're getting a eh, kind of diverse, whatever, as diverse as you can get for standard. We'll call it that. So Kazune Kosaka ended up taking it down. He won $30,000. So not bad. I mean, that's a good chunk of change, guys. Right. And he was playing Gruel Adventures. So it looks like the Bone Crusher Giant was <clears throat> stomping on them rogues. He had Ember Cleaves in there, too. Looking at his deck list right now. Had Scavenging Oozes, Lug of Struck Beast, Edgewall Innkeeper, Bone Crusher Giant. Brushfire Elementals, those things are disgusting. And Kasandu Mammoths. Just goes to show you that having creatures that beat wholesale ass is a good way to win games. Yeah, those Brushfire Elementals, man. You drop a Fabled Passage and crack that thing, you're hitting for five. Right? And even with Kasandu Mammoth with the Fabled Passage. Mm-hmm. Plus you add in the three Ember Cleaves couple great henges and the Shatter Skull Smashings. I mean, this is a pretty solid deck. Not going to lie. Yeah, no. Solid just aggro beats. Right? And then for his historic, he was playing Saltai Midrange. Which is what you expect with Saltai, the Hydroid, Crisis, and Uros. Right? Good stuff. Good stuff. And at the bottom, they gave a flesh out of what the historic metagame looked like. I guess if you guys want to hear that, they had... Uh, four color control, four decks, Gruel Aggro, Saltime Midrange, Jun Sacrifice all had three decks each. And then we had an Azorius Auras with Lurus, uh, Azorius Control, and Colorless Ramp rounded out the historic field. Links in the description for the rest of the decks. Right, yeah, you get to see all the deck lists. They're all in links and stuff, so check it out if you're interested. And that'll take it for the uh, Red Bull World Finals. That's all we had for our event results. Doesn't really look like we have anything super cool for upcoming events. So we'll leave that blank for the week. Don't want to bore you guys to death. I'm sure there's probably SCG events or something like that. Online qualifiers and stuff going on. If you play MTGO. And with that, we'll turn it over to Danny. See if we have a BNR. We don't. We do not. You gotta lead in with some suspense, man. That was suspense. <laughs> like point two seconds. That was long enough. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> You're lucky you last that long. Right? <laughs> anyway. The good news is that punch to the face is coming sooner then. <clears throat> Get it out of the way. <laughs> For the blog talk of the week, we go to Old Planet. Yes. Red is about impulsive actions without any forethought or planning. Scrying in the middle of a rummage is the opposite of that. As someone with ADHD, I must tell you that the two can entirely go hand in hand. An is it character could absolutely be uh, categorized, categorized, wow, can you say it? categorized by mechanic representing an urge to do something that's hateful but carefully planned but needs to be carried out nonetheless. Example, I can make impulse purchases that are very well thought, but still impulsive as they weren't necessary. Like magic cards. 
Oh, man. And Markiplier is back. And that would be blue-red character or blue-red spell. The reason I chose this is because this defines me perfectly. <laughs> right? The insight, Danny. Thank you for letting us take a peek behind the curtain on your personality here. Oh, it is. <laughs> Mono red. Then you got like Valkut's Exploration. You must love that card then. The one where it's Landfall comes in, you exile the top card of your library, and then it's... Uh... Nope. Pull it up. <clears throat> so clearly somebody needs pepper, someone needs sugar, and someone needs <gasps> Tabasco. What kind of pepper? Just normal pepper. Coriander pepper? Shut up. Ah! <laughs> I'd see that one go. Niv miss it. Is that the new one? Yeah. It's in Zendikar. I actually uh, that got one. the showcase of that. Oh, sick. Ooh, you did, huh? Yeah, the $40, or it was the $40 at the time when I pulled it, but now it's like $4. Right. Yeah, a lot of the Zendikar stuff is pretty much fucking plummeted. Oh, my God. It's 50 cent now, the right? showcase border. 50 cent. Did it get shot nine times? Wait. Scroll up a little bit. <laughs> oh, you don't like my jokes? Actually, I don't think it was this one. No, I don't think this one ever really hit 40 bucks, I don't think. Nah. That's another one that's like a same, I think it's a vault or something, but... I need this one, though. It, yeah. I think it's a flip line. Can't remember what it was. Anyway, uh, moving along. Back to Matt. With uh, some arena news. Exactly. Yeah. What JB said. And with that arena news, we have Keladesh remastered, fully spoiled. <gasps> it's fully spoiled even? Yes. Do we get Walking Blister? If we do, I'm going to love it. I'm going to actually start playing arena again. Right. Because I've built my mono white deck, turn four win. They have all the cards out uh, that are coming out in the set. Keep going. Walking Bliss is not blue. Or black. Oh, we got Fatal Push. No, stop it. Both stop versions it. of Fatal Push. Stop it. Keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. Don't stop in the black. Come on, scroll faster. <sighs> oh, you can you can go. The you Hulks. can go back Look to it. God, Jesus. Oh, Chandra Torture. No, divides. stop. Oh my God, it's red. Stop, son. I don't even care. Just keep going. <gasps> right. Heroic intervention. No, Just stop. Keep going. Heroic intervention's already in standard, dude. <gasps> go, 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 go! It's in there. It's in there. It's in there. It was. Oh no, it's Bomat Courier. No, it's in alphabetical order. Oh, God shit. damn keep it! Going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Go faster. Shut up, man. H. Keep going. I. Keep going. K. M. N. O. P. W. Who cares? Come on, let's go. Why is there two printings of Planner Bridge? They look the same. Oh no, no, they don't. Never mind. They're different. Jeez. Open your eyes, JB. Sculpting steel, we're getting there. Right. We're getting Aether Flux, right? No walking ballista. <gasps> no walking ballista. Oh my god. Well, I mean, it could be in this spot right here. You're missing a card image. Well, it better be. That's not okay. <laughs> walking ballista. That is not okay. What are we getting for lands? Fast lands? Uh, Probably yeah. not. Yeah, we're getting the fast lands. Fast lands. Fast lands are important ones. Spire Bluff. Oh, there's more pages. Oh, <gasps> nope. It's just oh. tags there to jump faster. Damn it. Yep. Concealed Courtyard, Botanical Sanctum, hey, Blooming Marsh. In your mono white Aetherflux Reservoir, you can spirit bomb people. Boom. Good. You can go all DBZ on their ass. So in the chat, 
P. Zorns is wondering Ooh. about them elves. They have Narnam hey, 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 Renegade. Hey, P. Zorns, look at the links. <laughs> we don't got the links yet. Hold on. They will be. <laughs> Wait until tomorrow. It's a one mana, one two elf warrior with death touch. Nimbus. I'm telling you. Dude, are it's we a- getting Aether Vile? Nimbus it. In Kaladesh? Oh my god. I don't it, think so. It's, oh no, look. Further down in the thing, it's showing all these inventions. Are we really getting all those? God, that would be sick. Uh, it says here about the inventions. Amakit Remaster gave us the 14 curated cards outside the main set. Oh, so it's the only thing is the invention art that you get with them, I think. Uh, likewise, we are likely to see... This is a speculation here uh, uh, from mtgarenazone.com. Likewise, we are... Likewise, we are likely to see some cards from the corresponding Kaladesh invention sets. While we aren't likely to see powerhouse cards such as Lotus Petal, Soul Ring, Mana Crypt, or Band in other formats such as Chrome Mox, Mox Opal, we are certainly excited to potentially see some more format-defining, and hopefully not broken, cards for Historic to open up different deck archetypes. So, Dude, if we get hoping for that. If we get Aether Vile, I'm totally going to start playing Arena again. And Pithing Needle. I want Walking Ballista. Okay, so if they can print Sword of Fire and Ice, they can print freaking Walking Ballista. I would imagine so. So the pre-orders are live right uh, starting November 5th, so in a couple days. Players will have the option to pre-order Kaladesh for a special deal on packs, player draft tokens, and in-game cosmetics. For $29.99, you're getting 10 Kaladesh Remastered Booster Packs, 3 draft tokens, a playset, four copies of Aether Hub cards, and one Aether Hub alternative art card style. No one cares about Aether Hub. Well, there it is. Those interested, links in the description down below. And from there, so before we talk about the Commander Legends cards that have been officially previewed, we got to cover the Commander Legend leaker. Big article, very well written by Jake Viper on Epic Streams. <laughs> I wonder if you noticed this. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Danny's swinging the ban hammer bigger than Watsy right now. Y'all Ooh. watch out! You got banned like you were Omnath, <laughs> except a lot quicker. <laughs> it's a one pump chump right now. Fucking helicoptering. <laughs> The Colossal Hammer is actually just a Thornbite staff. All right, Niv misses this. Let's get going. God, fuck. I'm all mad. Shut up. <laughs> Dude, fuck. has arrived. <laughs> oh, I love this live chat channel. Oh, this was the best thing that we fucking done. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. We need... This is great. We're going to become big. The live chat's going to be... Man, our episodes are going to be like three-hour locks. <laughs> Danny's going to like right? lose his fucking mind every time. <laughs> like, just bit by bit, we can just see him chipping away. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is now a p- comedy podcast. Along with time zones. And what else was it last time? We had time zones and something else. All right, let's stop nib-missing this <laughs> shit and Time zones was the spaghetti that stuck. 
You throw spaghetti against the wall. Before we talk about Commander, uh, the official Commander spoilers previews, uh, we got to cover the leaker, the Commander Legends leaker that was on eBay a while ago. This amazing article by Jake Viper titled Commander Legends leaker has to return cards because eBay listing was stolen. Uh, so the anonymous, uh, for those that uh, don't remember, the anonymous leaker who goes by the name No Username Please has been sharing photos of the brand new Magic the Gathering cards from Commander Legends, the upcoming first ever Commander set designed to be drafted. The leaker revealed cards he got from German Commander Legend booster packs on the Amino Apps website, and according to him, he was still planning to open three more booster packs, but looks like fans will have to wait for the official previews to find out more. This was uh, last week that this article came out. On the uh, Amino Apps, he made a new blog explaining why he has returned the Commander Legend products, and a lot of this be prepared, might be just bullshit that you're hearing, so you're not the only one that hears it. <laughs> Quote uh, from the blog post that um, no username please said, Well, guys, looks like our worst fears have come to pass. Turns out the original eBay listing I bought was stolen, so I had to end up giving the packs back to the original company. They also wanted me to take down the posts, and while that can't stop the images from circulating, I still went through with that as a gesture of goodwill. Unfortunately, this means I can't post any more leaks. However, I'm still excited about the new set. I can assure you guys that there wasn't anything too crazy in the last three packs I opened, so you're not missing much. And then, uh, recently, the leaker shared cards from Commander Legends, including the expensive reprint and new legendary creatures. Wizards of the Coasts, uh, Wizards of the Coast will likely reveal the official previews in the upcoming weeks, which they have been going through. But, yeah, that statement... Anybody else hear a lot of BS in that? <laughs> or is that just me? I don't know. I wasn't listening. I was watching the fucked up uh, um, video ad for Arena with a kid and the fucking whatever dude throwing lightning bolts and shit and fucking running around and basically doing a Rocky montage and shit. Hmm. <laughs> and it ended up being, I was like, what the hell is this shit? And it ended up being an ad for Arena. Yeah. As far <laughs> as the punishment that uh the leaker has got that hasn't been fully disclosed yet but i don't know a person who goes out and just because they bought the stuff early well i gotta know like who is the german seller that sold the packs right like i mean i'm wondering how they even got their hands on it that early i mean i i, I understand the fact that they got they pushed the release date back so yeah, okay. they they could have sent out so, some possible. Yeah, something could have slipped past the cracks and got sent out. But I'm sorry, anybody that's buying this product is going to be in tune with the whole everything getting pushed back. They're going to know that release dates and stuff got put back. So why in the hell would you go and sell shit? Yeah, no, it's. Mm. I really definitely hope that there is some sort of like justice, like. There's there's only so much leaks and stuff that you can do. There's a great article. I'll actually uh, link it. Uh, Saffron Olive wrote on... Shut up. I didn't say it. Uh, but I had to say shut up before you did. I thought about it. I know you did. That's why I said shut up. I uh, continue, man. On MTG Goldfish, where 
they were talking about like the massive amounts of leaks that have happened in the past, whether it be the Dominaria leaks, the new Frexia leaks, uh, the Ixalan sheet that got taken out. Like this was like the biggest leak in scale compared to all those ones and stuff. Uh, very, very interesting read. Link it below. Not going to read it here because we got some Commander Legend previews to tell you all about. So let's just jump right on into that. So let's move into these uh, these previews. Where do we want to start? Who, who, who has a card that they really want to mention here first? Because I know I got a handful and I don't want to take up all the time. We all know that you're going to. No, I'm, I'm being polite. I'm opening the door for y'all. You're giving us a chance to talk. You're welcome. I don't want to talk. <laughs> but we're the hosts now. No, we are not. Okay, while you guys are looking this up, I'm going to shout this one out to uh, P-Zorns in the chat. We have Rat King of Lanawar. Green, black, one for a legendary elf horror. It is a star star. It has Vigilance and Menace. Rat King of Le- or Lorwyn. Lorwyn, Jesus. Lanawar. Rat King of Lanawar's power and toughness are each equal to the number of elves you control plus the number of elf cards in your graveyard. Words are hard. The art on this card is very, very sc- scary. I wouldn't say scary. It's cool. Like, but it's not it's a scary. mutation of With- skeletons or uh, zombies. It's 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 a bunch of it's a bunch of fucking elves that are like fused together that are dead. Like, okay. if you Zombie saw this elves. thing coming at your ass, you're not going to be running away okay. from that. If if you think this art is scary, you should not be playing magic. It's very... You should probably just hide in your room every day and not even go outside. I'm just saying. You should, like, play Pokemon. Yeah. No, because even that's got some, like, creepier oh, oh. shit than this. Have you, have you read some of the lore on that stuff? No. Fucking Drifloom steals kids. Right? <laughs> Makes sense. Mimikyu is fucked up, son. Anyway. <laughs> Danny, what's your card? My... One of the top cards um, that I'm definitely going to be adding to my deck is uh, Apex Devastator. It is green, green, eight for a 10-10 with Cascade, 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 Cascade. (laughs) What is this Cascade you speak of? I just like the fact that the artwork is a Hydra, was a Chimera Hydra with a lion, a bird of some sort, a dinosaur, a dragon, and a goat. Well, yeah, because it's a chimera hydra. goat is my favorite, JB. Hold on, hold on. I am going to be cool, okay, and I'm going to go in chronological order in this, okay, instead of going backwards, just because. Oh, so you're starting at the very beginning? Yeah, I'm starting at the very beginning. You want to know why? Because one of my favorite cards got spoiled really early. No one cares. Well, I care. I care. I bet you Matt knows what it is. Nope. There you go. We talked about that last week. Did we? Yeah. Thought we did. Oh, I don't know. Well, for those of you who didn't listen, anyway. Because I don't remember if we did either. But, but, Lisa, Shroud of Dusk. It's a legendary angel. And it looks badass. Because you can cheat it out and pay life instead of commander tax. Any card that allows you to cheat on Commander Tax, super powerful. And it's an angel, so, I mean, that's bonus points in my book. It's good stuff. 
for sure. It's a good card. I we did not talk about. Uh, I think we'll leave this card here. Uh, opposition agent for a little later when we start getting into some more of the the, the meteor cards that have <laughs> <laughs> made people very crazy online. But one that I like, <clears throat> Kodama of the East Tree. We now have a Kodama card. Uh, before Kodama was only mentioned in flavor text and like cards like Kodama's Reach. Kodama of the East Tree. Four green green for a 6-6 six, six legendary creature spirit reach. When another permanent enters the battlefield under your control, if it wasn't put onto the battlefield with this ability, you may put a permanent card with equal or less converted mana cost from your hand onto the battlefield and has partner. So this is a little interesting card. You could just put things out on out for free of less uh, less cast less CMC than what you already put on. Okay, so I've got another cool one here that I really like that I was thinking about partnering with another one here. Oh, no, it's not that one. Oh, it's not that one? It's one I was going to partner with that one. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's Ikra Shidiki, the Usurper. Nice. Yeah. Reprint. Legendary Naga Wizard with Menace. It's 3-7. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you gain life equal to that creature's toughness. And it has partner. Good stuff. And what are you planning to partner that with? I'm scrolling up. I was going to partner it with Sadar, Kondo of Jamura. He's a legendary human knight with flanking. Creatures you, your opponents control without flying or reach can't block creatures in power two or less. And he also has partner. And he's a 2-5. Another reprint. Mm-hmm. See, y'all forget I didn't start playing Magic until... Not too long ago, so I missed a lot of these when they originally came out, so that's why I'm excited that they're getting printed now. Right. And we will let you know which ones are reprints. I haven't been playing that long. Longer than me. Yeah, but not that much longer. Yeah, because when did you start? start? I suppose I started Gate Crash. Yeah, you, exactly. It's been a while. 13 when you started. Still seven it? years, though. And I started right before War of the Spark. Uh, yeah, you, you're, you're new. <laughs> War of the Spark was my first pre-release. Okay. So you're, you've been, what, two rotations? Yeah, two rotations. Yeah, that's when I stopped playing Standard. Yeah, because I stopped playing Standard after Ixalan and Dominaria rotated out. I stopped playing Standard when Born of Gods came. <gasps> hey, Matt, maybe I can finally get those prophetic prisms for my Angeltron deck since they're getting reprinted. Yeah, I mean, you can. They're already super cheap. Didn't have well, to wait yeah, for this. Well, yeah, but I'm ordering a box, and they're common, so I'll probably get them. Very fair. Uh, Maelstrom Wanderer is getting a reprint, and it has the etched foil uh, uh, border treatment. Another reprint is Three Visits. This one was a big one um, because Three Visits is originally printed in Portal 3 Kingdoms, and it was a $100 uncommon. Three visits is green one sorcery. Search your library for a force card. Put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Yes, please. Right now, this version of it from Commander Legends is pre-selling at $3.22. While the Port of Three Kingdoms version is still selling for around 115 bucks, And it will never go below it. Not for sure. So uh, I'm liking this uh, new dragon that's came out. 
uh, Amareth, the Lustrous. Lustrous. It's a blue, white, green, three. Legendary Dragon. Flying whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control. Look at the top card of your library. If it shares a card type with that permanent, you may reveal that card and put it into your hand. It's 6 6. Flavor text is, quote, come closer, dear, and let me see that bobble. I've got a match for it somewhere. The art on this thing is spectacular. It's oh, like, yeah, for sure. This ner- thing would be sweet. Uh, right? Foil. It is, yeah, that etched foil. Oh, that would be so sick. That blue. Right. Absolutely gorgeous. Even just a normal one foil would be gorgeous. Right. So there's another... Uh, Sweet card that's bringing back some old, uh, I don't know if you could call it a mechanic, but an old, what would you call it, man? What is it? Oh, bringing back, yeah, an old rule that was back in the day. There. Yeah, we'll go with that. It is your lock of Scorched Thrash. One and Jund. You get a 4-4 via Shino Shaman with Vigilance. And it says, a player losing unspent mana causes that player to lose that much life. And it has a tap ability. You pay one, tap it. Each player adds Jund. There, there are so many things that are really good with this card. One of the cards that's getting printed pairs very well with this. Uh, Babel. No, not Babel. Jeez, uh, oh, Bybel. How do you pronounce that? What? Belby. Belby? Belby. Oh, yeah. Belby Corrupt Observer. Green, black for a 2-2 legendary creature zombie elf. Here's one for you, P-Zorns. At the beginning of each player's post-combat main phase, that player adds colorless, colorless of each of your opponents who's lost life this turn. Oh, for each of your opponents who have lost life this turn. So if um, all three of your opponents have lost life, they each get six colorless mana to use, and if your lock is out, that burns them for six. Horizon Stone is also good, too. Give us a read on that one. Horizon Stone, five colorless, you get an artifact that says if you would lose unspent mana, that mana becomes colorless instead. And it stays? Mm-hmm. To get burned again. Let's see. A new card I really like, Laboratory Drudge. Blue 3 for a 3-4 zombie horror. At the beginning of each end step, draw a card if you've cast a spell from a graveyard or activated an ability of a card in a graveyard this turn. So I just realized this with like cards like Spell Twine or Primordial or Dolven Primordial, the one from Ravnica that allows you to cast spells from your opponent's graveyards as well, would uh, trigger this so you could be drawing cards. It's a zombie horror, so like zombie decks are just going to be one of this as well. Like you're casting, it's just, but you cast a spell from your graveyard. It doesn't have to be an instant or sorcery. It can be a creature as well. And zombies are very well known for casting things from your graveyard. Hell, I think even like any artifact recursion deck, like you get um, Jora with the, because Jora decks are typically artifact based and you have ways to be recurring artifacts. Like maybe Laboratory Drudge is going to be a good addition into there for like late game recursion maybe. So should we uh, delve into this cycle, this new cycle here? Talking about the quartz? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so my favorite one, obviously, no surprise here, is the white one, Court of Grace. 
just literally looking at that one. Right? For two white, white, you get an enchantment. And when Court of Grace enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying. If you're the monarch, create a 4-4 four, four white angel creature token with flying instead. Y'all know how much I love this. Okay, because for one, it's creating tokens, which, I mean, this card is going in my Tasa deck because it's shitting out tokens that I can use to exile with one of my Tasas or I can sacrifice to anything else. And on the flip side of this, it shits out angels. Another thing I love. It's a win-win. Yeah, they're, uh, th- Wizards dropping Monarch into the set, really Commander-flavored. I love Monarch so much. Mm-hmm. And they're dropping a lot of it. So I'm going to talk about the next Court, Court of Cunning. I like this one. Blue-blue one, enchantments. When Court of Cunning enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. At the beginning of your upkeep, any number of target players each mill two cards. If you're the mar- If you're the Monarch, each of those players mill 10 cards instead. You would like to mill one. This targets yourself as well. Just want to put that out there. So in any graveyard strategy deck, this is going to be a three mana. You can mill 10 potentially. I mean, even milling two for three mana is not that hard, not that rough of a, an exchange. I think it's really good. And control decks, well, mill decks for sure, but also like graveyard synergy, any like Saltai-based or Esper-based graveyard decks. Again, maybe this could be something that gets used in Jorah. Though it's an enchantment, so probably not as readily, but the possibility is there. So since JB took my white one, (laughs) my second would have to be Court of Bounty. Green, green, two. When Court of Bounty enters the battlefield, you become Monarch like the rest of the courts. But this one, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. If you're the Monarch... Instead, you may put a creature or land card from your hand onto the battlefield. So, turn five, you can drop that 8-8 Avacyn like I usually drop, or try to drop, or any other big creatures. Or, if you play green-white, like I like to do, you could drop an Archon of Coronation. Continuing with the Monarch theme here. Archon of Coronation is for white-white. Get a 5-5 five, five flying Archon. When it enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. And as long as you're the Monarch, damage doesn't cause you to lose life. Solid. Yeah. Legit. And it's got some pretty sick art. Not gonna lie. The Red Court has yet to be announced yet. Just want to put that out there. Some valuable reprints that we should probably talk about. Let's make this next bit here, talking about some of these important reprints. Ring of Bright Hearth. Let's start off with that one. Three mana for an artifact. Whenever you activate an ability, if it isn't a mana ability, you may pay two colorless. If you do, copy that ability. You may choose new targets for the copy. This was a card that was like 60 bucks, and it's now pre-selling at like 35 This is a card that a lot of like commander-activated ability decks really want. So the price moving down is going to make this way more accessible to people. And it's at rare, and these packs are going to be getting open, so I imagine that $35 price tag is going to be moving down. Mm-hmm. And it has a sweet zoom dart. Yep. So with that, just so I understand the whole ability, active ability. So I, I suppose, never mind. I got it. Yeah, so uh, cover here real quick. 
because uh, I'm assuming you're going to go with something like that Rith example there. Sort of, but not really. Oh, really? I was thinking more like Mirai's Wake, Zendikar Resurgence. Oh, yeah, no. That yeah, those are triggered. Yep, those won't work. But with your Rith, that would. So if, uh, Rith has uh, the text. It's a 6-6 flying dragon for Nea 3 and flying. When it deals combat damage to a player, you may pay green 2, and then if you do, you create tokens... Uh, the one one sapperling tokens equal to the number of permanents on the battlefield of a chosen color. You choose a color, and then you make those tokens. That's what it is. So if you did that, activated rings of bright hearth, you get that trigger twice, and they would stack. So the copy version would resolve. You'd make all those copies, and then the real version or the real one would resolve and count those tokens and make way more. Mm-hmm. So it's better than resurgence or. Stronic Resonator. I actually do that on this guy. The thing with Stronic Resonator is it does this except it taps, so you can only do it once. This thing doesn't tap. But mm-hmm. but you tap you tap Resonator to double this. No, no, no. This is a replacement effect. This ain't uh, an activated ability to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, Psychotic Resonator says whenever, when, at. So it can double an ability of anything twice to reactivate it. But you don't you you don't need to do that. You can keep doing this for as much mana as you got alone on this. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you have I suppose yeah. Yeah, if you got let's say seven mana, three for your Rith, yep. and then you do two and two. That's what makes this thing so powerful yeah. is like yeah. you don't have to worry about having Stronic Resonance. You're right. I'm wrong. Just pointing it out for our listeners as well. The all-knowing Matt. See, this is really why we keep him around. Not to host the show, not to edit, <laughs> but just for his vast knowledge. <laughs> Another important reprints that I think is very notable. We have Swiftfoots. Zur yes. the Enchanter. Both of those. <laughs> Return to Dust. Return mm-hmm. to Dust is an actual reprint? Yeah. Oh. See, this is how much I don't know. I thought it was new. Oh no, that's that's a reprint, bud. Oh, that was what? Uh, I think it was Time Spiral. I think yeah. so. Yep, Time Spiral was when it was originally printed, and then it was printed in every commander. <laughs> every <laughs> commander since then. It was never in a draft pack. So this is the first time after Time Spiral, it's getting printed in a draft pack for commander wow. only. Which really says something, because this is a card that's an uncommon... Uh, Return to Dust is white, white, to instant. Exile target artifact or enchantment. If you cast this spell during your main phase, you may exile up to one other target artifact or enchantment. This is a card that's been at two bucks. A buck 89 online. Well, yeah, it's uncommon. But I know... But it's a broken card. It's a strong card. Not broken. Very yeah. strong. This card had a, a ceiling of $2.50 for an uncommon. And that's because it was never opened up in draft packs aside from Time Spiral, but yep. it's getting printed in all these commander products. So this should really move the price down, which is going to be good for budget commander players. Cannot overlook that. $2 is a budget card. I mean, some people want it cheaper. It's, I mean, it's on the high end of budget, but it's still a budget card. Right. And it's a very good card for budget or any commander Arcane Signets getting a reprint. Which is good. Man, 
Arcane Signet, two colorless artifacts. It can tap, add a mana of any color of your commander's color identity. When that first got printed in the Brawl decks, people lost their mind. It was a card that was selling for 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. I remember when that thing was expensive. This is good that it's coming in a draft pack and can really just like tank the price on this. That way, you know, people will be like, oh, it's, it's, it's an auto include in all the decks. So I have, I have feelings on that. Maybe we'll cover. But my reprint <laughs> that I want to talk about here is Command Beacon. This is a card that uh, just recently kind of got a reprint being on the list for the set boosters in Zendikar Rising. Command Beacon is a land that taps to add colorless, and then you can tap Sacrifice Command Beacon, put your commander into your hand from the command zone. Originally printed in Core, or Core, Commander 2015, it was thirty uh, a $30 card, $29.50. And right now we don't have the pre-sell price up for Command Beacon, but this being in a booster pack is going to significantly drop the price for this card. But and you do though. It's seven twenty uh, euros. So what is that like? So you're looking. You're six looking bucks at, America? No. USD. It's like double. Is it double? Look at Commander twenty fifteen. It says twenty nine fifty two with eleven fifty nine euros. It's about double. Okay, so two and a half. Fourteen, okay. fifteen bucks. So let's shout this out for all our Europe listeners. Okay, answer us back with the actual exchange rate. We would love to hear. Because we're too lazy to check it out. <laughs> exactly. And we want audience interaction. Dan, you know what to do. $7.20 euro. <laughs> what is it in USD? And give us pound sterling while you're at it. Right? <laughs> just just give do. us all of it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're sorry. This week in exchange rates. There we <laughs> go. Oh, man. We're making so many podcasts Right? Now. We're going to have one for every day of the week. Okay. So you're not going to talk about Reliquary Tower. Really? You're going to talk about reprints, and you're not going to talk about Reliquary Tower? We're getting there. Or Command Sphere? <laughs> right. Or Gift of Paradise? Was or gift- Myriad Landscape? Yeah. I'm well, literally reading these off as you're scrolling. Or Mox Diamond? <laughs> no, no Mox Diamond. Myriad Landscape. Oh, it's Marble. Marble Diamond. Sorry, is guys. Is <laughs> a land that enters tapped. It taps to add colorless, and then you pay to sack the mirrored landscape. Search your library for up to two basic land cards that share a land type. Put them in the battlefield. Tap, then shuffle your library. And then we also have Niv- Gift, of Par- Gift of Paradise, which is two green for an enchantment aura, enchant land. When Gift of Paradise enters the battlefield, you gain three life, and then Enchanted Land has tap at two mana of any one color. Mm-hmm. Now, this one's a good reprint, in my opinion. Ramos, Dragon Engine. Six mana for a legendary artifact creature, Dragon, flying. When you cast a spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Ramos for each of that spell's colors. Then you remove five plus one, plus one counters from Ramos and add Progentian. Not Progentian, Progentius Mana, which is white, white, blue, blue, black, black, red, red, green, green. Activate this ability only once each turn. Wooberg times two. Yeah, there's so many different shenanigans that you can do with this card. And And it gets a sweet etched foil. Right? The uh, normal version, which was in Commander 2017, uh, was just under $20 for a card. And this one now is going to be moving that down, so opens up the ability for different five color decks right does the sets uh given commander or made commander so 
I've got a sweet card here. No, you don't. Don't yeah, lie. Yeah, I do. No, I really like this card, and I really wish... What is it? I really wish it had a partner, but I understand why it doesn't have a partner, because it's three-color. So, we have Colfinor, The Last U. Uh, it's three generic Abzan. Legendary creature, Tree Folk Shaman. It's 3-7. Has Vigilance and Reach. And whenever Kolfnor, the last you, or another creature you control dies, return up to one other target creature card with lesser toughness from your graveyard to your hand. That's so good. Right? And if you were to partner this with the other guy? Right? Wait, wait, I mean, you the can other run guy? it in the 99, but... Are you talking about the uh, the flanking one? No, yeah, not the flanking talking. one, the other one. The whatever Shidiki. If he knew oh, what the other one was, he went to said what other one? Yes. Right. That one. Uh, Kalfinor, mentioned a lot in flavor text and all that stuff, finally got an actual card. Mm-hmm. There's a couple that actually have that. Uh, Belbe was one as well, uh, the one that adds colorless uh, for each of your opponents who've lost life this turn. That one was mentioned in a bunch of cards before, but never had an actual card. Uh, Tormod, uh, Tormod's Crypt, the zero drop artifact. Uh, Tormod now has a creature, a, a, a legendary printing, and it's actually really kind of cool. Tormod the Desecrator, black three for a four two legendary zombie wizard. When one or more cards leaves your graveyard, create a tapped two two black zombie creature token, and it has partner. Oh, Jesus. You're going to put this in Verena, aren't you? There's a good chance. Very good chance. You sick son of a bitch. It's okay. You want to know why? Because I'll just run this card against you. Ooh, give it to us. Slash the ranks. Three generic, white, white. Sorcery speed. Destroy all creatures and planeswalkers except for commanders. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would do it. It's a pretty sick board wipe when it includes planeswalkers. Oh, but let me tell you, if you board wipe... And then I cast this spell that got printed. Brand new card. That's if I don't have a Kaz Guile on you, though. Now, you see, now see you're just <laughs> reaching for the stars. I am. I am reaching. Nav- I like to do that against you. Navineral. Urborg Tyrant. This is another card that has been mentioned in flavor text and had like part cards and stuff printed earlier, but now it actually has a creature card. Navineral. Three white blue black for a three six legendary zombie wizard it has hexproof from artifacts creatures and enchantments when a veneral urborg's tyrant enters the battlefield create a tapped two two black zombie creature token for each creature that died this turn when a veneral dies you may pay one and when you do destroy all artifacts creatures and enchantments only thing is you'd have to vial that in I would have to vial it in or flash it in with Leyline of Anticipation or any other ways to instant speed drop a creature, which there's a few more than just that way. Yeah. In Commander, you're, you have access to that. Or if you try to... Except board, for Flash. Or if you try... Yeah, Flash being banned. Or if you try to board wipe on my turn. Yeah, but I can't with that one because it's sorcery speed. You could do things like Quicken. Or Baby T. There we go. So should we get deep right now? Yeah, deep into some controversy here. I feel a lot of people are like, these guys are just beating around the fucking bush. Let's give them the juicy talks here. Like a staff of domination reprint? 
Oh, man, way to blue ball everybody. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. We'll get there because that other one's next on my list. Oh, okay, so we're just jeweled bald for now. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue there. I like Thank it. You. I like it. I like it. I, I try my best sometimes, I like it. you know? I mean, I am just a I am um, just a guest on this episode. Bit so. pre- premature, but sure. <laughs> hey, that just fits with us, okay? For you, maybe it just fits. So anyway, now that he's spoiled it, I think everybody knows what staff of domination does by now, right? Nope. Yeah. Right. Okay. Nope. Th- three mana artifact. Pay one. Untap staff. Pay two. Tap. You gain one life. Pay three. Tap. Untap target creature. Pay four. Tap. Tap target creature. Pay five. Tap. Draw a card. There's a bunch of different infinite shenaniganery that you can do with this. Mm-hmm. Type in Staff of Domination EDH combo. You'll find many different ways. Right. But this is an important, another important card, uh, kind of pricey for a lot of people. And now it is very accessible. And stuff. The original printing is a $50 card, and now it's pre-selling at 20, uh, 24 36 Staff of Domination. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Anyway, with the nice segue that Matt gave us. Jewel Bald? Yes. We're going to get into the controversy card of Jeweled Lotus. It's not that bad. Give us give us a read. Why is it not that bad? Yeah. Cuz it can us, only give us a read. Okay, read, read the card. No, the I'm, card not gonna, I'm not going to I'm not going to read the card. You read the card. <laughs> read the card first. You read gang. the card and I'll give my I'll give my opinion afterwards. Okay. So Jeweled Lotus costs 0. It's an artifact. You tap it, you sacrifice it, add three mana of any one color, spend this mana only to cast your commander. Give us that hot take there, Danny. Yes, because people have been going crazy over this. Okay. Yeah, sure. It's a j- zero drop. Sure. It adds three mana, just like Black Lotus. But it has restrictions. Unlike Black Lotus, this can only be spent on your commander. One time. Unless you have artifact recursion but it's still three mana yeah you can you can bounce out your monocolored commanders out quickly but you're still only spent on your commander right. yeah there there are some commanders that are like urza you can get out turn one now with this play this or i suppose there are more too but i mean ooh, you could get crick out couldn't you uh, Crick is for Frexian Black, Frexian Black. So, yeah, you're able to ramp things out pretty quick. Uh, if you got like the perfect hand of this land into like a soul ring, and then or not a soul ring, yeah, this into a land and having uh, Dark Ritual. There we go. Well, yeah, but you could, could even t- pay the Phyrexian life to get a Crick out. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, you yeah, could, that, you that could just you true. could just turn one Crick. I mean. You can I'm just turn trying to think of all the crazy CEDH commanders, you know, that this could Pe- be used for. We're, we're going to be covering one of the commanders that go that people have been uh, wanting with this, along with opposite uh, opposition agents that pair very well. Oh yeah, yeah. The turn Another one controversy lock. card. Yeah, there's 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 a lot, but we're but, starting off with the hot. But but everyone, but everyone's having a hissy fit over these before the god hands. The yeah, chance, the, the chances of the god hands happening every single match are very, very small. Right. So again, this is not that broken. No, I mean I totally agree with you. It's it's not. I just that's it's, why I don't understand why people were 
jumping all over these, buying them up to the point where it jumped up to like what 130 bucks and 100, sold it, out for 130 dollars. 150 pre-sale is the most that oh it was getting for this. It's still a very good card for Commander. Yeah, it it I guess it rides that fence fairly close to having a reprint of Black Lotus, but again. It can only spend 10 your commander. So most card or most decks that unless you're running artifact recursion from your graveyard, it's a one-time hit shot for this card. And usually people are gonna have answers for your commander. Cause again, you're playing with your friends, they see your deck every night or every week. So it's your friends are gonna have counters for this. Right. No, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't believe the hype. Um, I don't think. I'm sorry to anybody it, who spent 130 dollars on this card. It, I it really may, feel sorry for you. It Can't, may tilt the meta for CDH, but for those who are playing casual, if you get it in your draft pack, sweet. I'd probably sell it. Sell it. Yeah, just sell right, it right away. Just sell it right away before this, the this, price plummets to like fifteen dollars. But I don't think it's gonna plummet that far. But it's it's gonna hold it. It may plummet, but it's gonna go back up. I feel it's just but because it has the I don't, Lotus moniker it, with it. it, it it's does. gonna hold you know that ethos value of just like this is what people might like. The, it's uh, Black Lotus's little brother. Uh, I was listening to a podcast like earlier. Strange third removed cousin. cousin. Yeah, <laughs> people would use this for like you know the proxy black lotus that they could get their hands on more readily. True. Aside from actually you know printing a black lotus, makes sense. But a proxy black lotus. Yep. Right. I just print the black lotus. <laughs> so before we deviate too far, one cool thing I would just want to point out with this: this is wizards. Uh, finding a way to skirt around the reserved list. I feel that, that this is probably like the biggest point that needs to be brought up, talked about, and acknowledged here. Uh, reserved list, as we all know, uh, is a list of cards that Watsi will never make functional tournament reprints of them ever, ever, ever again. This is not a functional reprint of Black Lotus because it's only used to cast one or two spells because of uh, because of partner. Yep. Like you can cast two spell two different spells max because of this, and that restriction. Like this is not even a card that can go in Vintage or Legacy. Yeah, it's it's format restricted. Right, just that alone is a way to get around the Terminate stuff because unless you're playing Terminate CDH, but even there, it's going to be. People already have faster decks. They already have that turn one win or turn zero win. Right, right. And because of them working around reserve list, uh, all this spring, all of the, the price movements that we saw were reserve list buyouts and stuff like that. And, you know, people were complaining, the reserve list shouldn't be a thing. And, you know, I'm pretty sure we all agree. Like half, because it's like 572 cards and like 500 of them are like why are they even on the reserve list their power level is is not that important they're just kind of like goofy cards but then like the that that small amount that actually are like powerful like the power nine wheel of fortune which i'm gonna cover here in a second and because i'll just cover it right now wheel of fortune essentially got another reprint in wheel of misfortune 
Red 2 Sorcery. Each player secretly chooses a number, then reveal those numbers. Wheel of Misfortune deals damage equal to the greatest number chosen to the players than... Uh, to the players that chose it, then each player who didn't choose the, uh, then each player who didn't choose the minimum number discards their hand and draws seven cards. Wheel of Fortune has had like another kind of reprint with um, the suspend card. <laughs> JB is like losing his mind at this. This thing is way better than Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> It's the same mana cost. It does sensibly the exact same thing. It's not a functional reprint, but Wizards has been dancing with this for a while because we have this back in Modern Horizons. We had uh, Echo of Eons, which is the t- not the Time Walk. Uh, what the hell is that power? other Power 9 card? Yeah, Echo of Eons was pretty good. Yeah, because Echo of Eon is blue-blue, Time Twister, that's what it is. So uh, Echo of Eon is blue-blue for, for a sorcery. Each player shuffles their hand into their uh, hands and graveyards into the library, draw seven cards, exile Echo of Eon. Does it exile? I think so. But then it also has flashback. So if it makes it into your graveyard, you pay th- uh, blue and two, and then you get Time Twister. Oh, no, then I think we're, I think that's where we're thinking of the exiling. Because it's got flashback. Yeah, so original original cast uh, does not exile it. So each player shuffles their hand and graveyard into their library, draws seven cards, and then flashback for two and blue. You do the same thing, and then you exile it. Uh, not a functional reprint of the Power 9 reserve list Time Twister, because uh, Time Twister is two blue sorcery. Each player shuffles their hand and graveyards into their library, then draws seven cards. That just straight up goes to your graveyard. It doesn't exile or anything. You have ways to like recur it, but Wizards has been doing this already. Um, I guess you can also like look at what is the zero drop uh, suspend uh, Black Lotus. Oh, uh, Lotus Bloom. Lotus Bloom. Yeah, it's it's like Black Lotus. It doesn't restrict you for what you can spend the mana on. It was a way to get around the reserve list, kind of. And they've been like in Commander Legends, they kind of went out with like these two big cards. Uh, Wheel of Fortune is a $250 card. And now we got Wheel of Misfortune, which again, arguably, is better than Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, because that's more of a gamble with Wheel of Misfortune. Right? It's so if you, well in multiplayer. If you if you pair this with something where you can, you know, have a good life buffer. Mm-hmm. Just say some ridiculous number, and then... Right, just ridiculous. Yeah. I I wouldn't say I wouldn't choose a ridiculous number. No, but I mean one because it, it deals damage know. damage to that number. That well, you yeah, chose. that's what I'm saying. Like if you had enough of a life buffer, you could choose a number that's to make sure your opponent to make sure that you know you're the one that wins. Yeah, I, my Quote guess unquote, is wins. my my guess is anything over five is gonna win because not many people are gonna want. Hey, let's right. Uh, They're not gonna want to wager a ton of life. Right? right. They're not gonna go. I'm. I think five is like the max most people would ever really say unless you're one of those CDH players or EDH players that gain a shit ton of life. But yeah, I, I just, mean, I'm not CEDH player, but I, I I do like my life gain. Yeah, but so do I. But I don't play a lot of red, so. But I could totally see Matt jamming that Nekisar. It's totally going to Nekisar. Because he's an asshole. <laughs> it's totally going to Nekisar. But 
yeah. So again, like the fact that it just seems more prevalent that Wizards is really trying to do a workaround with the reserve list. They want these cards that are on the reserve list that everybody agrees. Like Mark Rosewater's gone out on several occasions saying he wished that the reserve list doesn't exist. And them just continuously printing these cards, like there's something different between uh, the suspend. Uh, Black Lotus, Lotus Bloom, Lotus Bloom, the suspended uh, Lotus Bloom and uh, Jeweled Lotus. Like there's such a power level difference between the two. You know, it's just a progression of Black Lotus and it's been happening, but it just seems more prevalent now. I mean, they've done multiple versions of Wheel of Fortune as well. Like uh, Wheel of Fate. There we go. Wheel of Fate is the suspend one. It does the exact same thing. It has suspend of uh, red. And then there is Reforged Soul, which has Miracle for the uh, Wheel of Faith or Wheel of Fortune cost, but otherwise you pay red, red three. I don't know. All in all, I just want to like point, bring that to everyone's attention. Is Wizards does seem inclined to be doing reserve list workarounds. Don't be giving them too much shit. No, keep giving them shit because then they'll keep doing more workarounds, and then hopefully, eventually shrink the reserve list i mean they do have the power to do that like because ho- i i don't i think it's crazy dreaming to think that they'll completely abolish the reserve list because there's no way that they're going to be able to you know reprint og duels and the power nine and stuff like that without causing complete chaos and and shit like that. But I could totally see them shrinking the reserve list, taking some a bunch of cards off the reserve list that don't need to be on there or that aren't as crazy egregious as, you know, fucking power nine shit like that. Like thirty percent of it? Right. Or even I could totally see them shrinking it. I mean you keep voicing your opinions, keep you know, saying what you want. They'll eventually listen. Things will happen. Watsy's definitely in a rock and a hard place between something like that, though, because of oh, man, promissory estoppel and whatever the fuck is really holding them back from doing something like this from just straight up like the fact that something because, again, Mark Rosewater on many a times uh, has said that he doesn't want the reserve list and stuff. So there are forces beyond him, you know, maybe like higher ups in Hasbro. Like, I don't know, like. I don't know what is I don't know what is the bar that is stopping something like this from happening. But at the same time, the secondary market, the bar that is there is making these reprints like not reprints, these these newer like callbacks to these awesome cards, but just like way better than what they could ever be. Again, like I got a Wheel of Fortune in my Nekusar deck. Uh, honestly, I'll probably have Wheel of Fortune and Wheel of Misfortune and stuff. But the fact is is like this is the replacement of Wheel of Fortune for those that can't spend the 250 to get a Wheel of Fortune. This is what people can use to get, you know, access to a Black Lotus. I mean, uh, Lotus Bloom, that is a super cheap card right now. Uh, I want to say it's like eight, nine bucks, I think, like that. Somewhere around eight, I believe. And honestly, I think seven dollars uh, for Lotus Bloom. Jewel Lotus is better than Lotus Bloom. You're not restricted. You have to wait. You have to wait. You're waiting. Turns. You're waiting three turns to play it or use it. So that's right. that's a pretty big restriction when it comes to commander. Mind you, yes, it is turn three, so I have six mana available in turn three, which is good. 
But it's not really. It, but it's, in the late game, it's still just three extra mana. Three extra mana is always good. Like, you draw a dark ritual turn seven, turn eight. You know, the game has gone on, slogged on. Like, three mana, it's like, eh. Lotus Bloom, it's even worse because you got to wait three more turns on top of that in the late game and stuff. Like, that's, even, that's what I'm saying. Jeweled Lotus is better for Commander than Lotus Bloom. People, for Commander. People were talking about Black Lotus. If it was not banned in Commander, like not too many decks would be wanting to run it. You know, unless you're an artif- heavy artifact recursion style kind of deck. Because again, it's like yeah. again the arguments of like turn seven, turn eight, you're getting three mana for zero. Like free mana is always good. Never, never mistake that. But at that point of the game, pending resources and stuff, like how often is that potentially going to be swaying you? And it, that 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 does need to be looked at. Yeah, I get that. Um, unless you're running one of those, I guess my like my Rift deck is more of a late game. Mind you, it does ramp up really quick, but the late game where you get that one big spell out there and then bombard any everything. So I I can get the late game, but Lotus, I I just don't see waiting three turns for three mana. Like, there's ways to be casting this without oh yeah, I, 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 having to wait because you know as a person that plays as we're told in electro dominance there's a couple more ways to be casting spells without paying their paying their mana cost lotus bloom doesn't have a mana cost so if you have a way to cast it without paying its mana cost it's just free instantaneous kind of a thing mm-hmm. but i'm not one of those players you can figure it out it, and that's the thing though it's like it gives you that workaround it gives you like this card goes into that niche deck like uh, Lotus Bloom or uh, Jewel Lotus is now going to go into like these niche decks that want to just ramp out their commanders, mm-hmm. like potentially uh, loop the Jewel Lotus, make copies of the Jewel Lotus. That was one thing as well. Like Jewel Lotus is not a legendary artifact, so you if you have a way to make multiple copies of it, look up Teshar. I want to see the wording on this. It's the yes. Boom, that one. When you cast a historic spell from uh, return target creature card with converted mana cast three Damn less. Damn it, it is your... only creatures. Yep. Shit, okay, so I couldn't remember what the wording was on it. But if you have a creature that ETBs returns an artifact. Oh, shit. You could E-Witness. Oh, my God, E-Witness. E-Witness enters, and if you, you just have to have a way to it. sacrifice. Oh, my God. Yeah, like Claws of Gix. Or, uh, let's see, so white, green. Yeah, uh, just white, green alone. So, Cause of Gicks, keep it in Artifact. Or Astronaut's Altar, and then you're really ramping mana. Altered Dementia. Yep. So, like, Teshar, which is mono-white. Mono you need green, so you have to have a green-white commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, pick whatever, Gothic Teague. I don't fucking know. Pick that. Um, Ooh, that would be... So, oh God, that would so, be a good so, commander. Sorry to cut you guys that. off, but uh, this is not Janky Brews, the JB. This is uh, This Week in MTG. Uh, stick tuned for Janky Brews of JB, the podcast. Right. <laughs> Let's, oh man. We, we've that, talked... that, this just seems like a special episode of Janky Brews with uh, right. Commander Legends. We a special episode. But not tonight. Let's put a pin in that. We'll, right? we'll remember yeah. this. Uh, we talked about, a lot about Jewel Lotus, the reserve list and stuff. Like This is all stuff. Oh, JB brought to my attention. We should probably mention another big reprint scroll rack give us a read oh sure as soon as i back out here i thought you were gonna read it <laughs> i don't know you can have that shit memorized <laughs> almost but I, the wording is tricky because words are hard words are hard 
Okay, so scroll rack. Cost two mana. It's an artifact. Pay one and tap it. Exile any number of cards from your hand face down. Put that many cards from the top of your library into your hand. Then look at the exiled cards and put them on top of your library in any order. Totally fun. Reprint. Well needed. People love that right? card. But it's been upshifted to Mythic. No, very notable. It's open, so it's going to be harder to open in packs. But we've definitely went, I don't know, I feel we've talked a lot about Commander Legends reserve list, like I was saying before. So I think we should probably jump into the finance section before we continue this podcast any longer. Really? You don't want to talk about profane transfusion? Maybe this is a point Don't where we... give him segues go off. Let's just move <laughs> along, guys. But this is a sweet... Move along, this guys. This is a sweet bomb mythic. Hey, you know what? We can do a special episode of Commander Legends I one suppose night. We do need to do... We usually do that for every set. We've missed since uh, Ikoria. We didn't do Core 21. No, I thought we did Core 21. No, we didn't. I thought we did. Oh fuck! We we missed Core Twenty One. We missed Jumpstart. <laughs> we missed Zendikar Rising. But you know what? We did one for Double Masters. Exactly. We've done with Commander Masters, so we'll just do it for Master Stats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We still got to get Lockheed on for Double Masters. Because that would Masters. be that would be special. <laughs> so let's go to this uh, <laughs> such a sweet weekly winners article with it MTG stocks. Don't make me hit you in the knee again. <laughs> Shut up. Just one more card, Daddy. No. <laughs> I will hit you. Hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> I was going to make an Oliver Time Twister comment there. Shut I think up. That would have been good. Let's go. Pass my bedtime. Come on, baby. Let's go. No, no, it's- yeah, baby. Let's go. I didn't want to infringe on copyright, okay? Oh, my God, guys. Let's go. I don't think they're going to be able to figure out what it is. You know what you're going to make me do? OG listeners of the podcast. Shut up. You know what you're going to make me do? Shut up. You're going to run down a ramp? (laughs) (laughs) I ran. (laughs) Okay. Before Danny loses his mind, let's jump into this. Cha-ching. Weekly Winners is this amazing article that is found on MTG Stocks. It comes out every Friday, and they highlight three to five cards that have moved up in price or three to five cards that have moved down in price. This week, uh, it's all cards that have moved up in price with the last four uh, not like super sharp increases because the weekly winners are three that are always like really high increases that are very notable. So this week is all predicated on Commander. This is one of the cards that we were talking about earlier that can give you a really bomb opening hand if you have Opposition Agents, which we didn't even cover as another card of contention. Danny cut us off. <laughs> Uh, but we'll talk about it here a little bit. <laughs> the first card in the weekly winners is Marlin of the Morn Song. This is a card that's seen a 508% increase. God damn, sitting at 40 bucks. It's only had one printing in uh, Morning Tide. 
Marilyn is black black one for a 2-3 elf wizard, legendary creature. Players can't draw cards. At the beginning of each player's draw step, that player loses three life, searches his or her library for a card, puts it into his or her hand, then shuffles their library. So now the reason why this has gone up is because of opposite Opposition Agent, a card that has been printed in Commander Legends. Opposition Agent is black two for a creature human rogue with flash. It's a three two. You, uh, you control your opponents while they're searching their libraries. When an oppo- uh, While an opponent is searching their library, they exile each card they find. You may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled, and you may spend mana as, they, uh, as though it were mana of any color to cast them. So the whole thing with this is it works very well in commander because commander players love to use tutors to be searching for things. And then also fetch lands, uh, opposition agents, uh, is going to be good in a bunch of different formats, but we're just going to be talking about Marlin here. The fact that Marlin is spiked is because it's, it's the commander that you'd be using in this mono black deck where you would hopefully have an opening hand to where you can like turn one, do an opposition agent, which, shouldn't be too hard or as soon as possible do an opposition agent and then marlin just lets you every time on your opponent's draw step you they tutor a card well i mean you tutor a card from their deck and then you can just cast it they are no longer getting cards in their hand well unless they draw cards like they have draw effects and stuff jb has something to add on to this you, you could totally i mean and this is this is the 100 percent god hand Oh God! You give <laughs> him the God is, hand here. This is the one hundred percent God hand. Swamp, Dark Ritual, Opposition Agent, Jeweled Lotus, Marlin. Well, Marlin's always in your opening hand as a commander. Yeah, but your Jeweled Lotus zero. You yep. sack it for three. Boom! You have them all out turn one. Swamp, Dark Ritual, Opposition Agent, Jeweled Lotus. That's four. What would be your other three cards for that God Hand then? Who gives a shit? Doesn't matter. You just need those five cards. And yeah. You have, a, you, have a, you have a lock on everyone turn one. It is good. But I definitely like to know what those last three cards would be. It, it, it could doesn't, be anything. doesn't matter. It could literally it, it, be anything. It could literally be two cards that mean nothing. Just use your imagination. It could be two tokens. Fulfill my fantasy. Two zombie tokens. <laughs> in your hand. In your hand. Because somebody shuffled their fucking tokens into their deck. Because it does dumb. not matter what the other two cards are. It's an automatic turn one lock on the game. Those people yep. that use the same sleeves for their tokens that their deck is. Right? I use penny sleeves. So, Marilyn, the morning song. If you got those, be very aware that that is a card that's moved up in price. Probably pitch them now. Oh, uh should note so again uh these prices are prices that are out as of last week uh last friday and we record on monday nights as of right now uh marlin the market price is 30 bucks so a little cheaper and then the average price is around 34 dollars but and also not sponsored but you can get it on card kingdom for 15 dollars tcg player for five six boom look at that don't play don't pay inflated prices, people. Yep. Pay attention. Do some shopping. Next on the list is a card that's author of the article, uh, Peter, doesn't really know why this has moved up in price. Here we have Insight, the sixth edition, sixth edition printing. 
Insight is blue two enchantment when one of your opponent play. Let's just read the oracle text. So insight enchantment from sixth edition. Whenever an opponent casts a green spell, you draw a card. Okay. I'm just thinking of all the cascading going on. You could be drawing a shit ton of cards. Right. There's a little bit of more play. Um, they're not sure. Uh, Peter's not sure why this card has moved up. It's a very like very niche card that he covers in this article, talking about like in your play groups you typically want to be doing that. But otherwise, it's kind of like a very lackluster card. The only thing that he can believe is, um, Pleasant Kenobi shared a video this last week that features a four-player game where all players have a deck commanded by Omnath, Locus of Creation. One of them plays Insight and praises the card for being good with only one opponent on green and even better with multiplayer. Uh, check out the video, for, see for yourself. But uh, Peter doesn't believe that this is really the reason because it's only had 20,000 views. And no offense to Pleasant Kenobi, but he doesn't pull the same like weight that uh, the Command Zone guys do of like moving prices and stuff. Or your boy. Shut up. <laughs> I'm punching the knee again. The yeah. goldfish effect. Yep. Or Saffron Olive as well, moving prices by talking about them. Making so. his budget decks. So this is a card you probably got in all your bulk. If you can find someone that wants to buy it for... Oh, it moved up to $13, price, or $13 on Friday. But as of now, the market price is buck Like, Yep, so y'all missed your window. Yeah. Windows a little gone. You can find the average price. People are still selling them for around $4.50. No one's going to be buying them really online. So, I mean, maybe you can, like, trade it. It kind of makes you, I don't know, scummy if you trade this card for five bucks. It's okay. Last weekly winner, I'm actually going to pass this over to Danny because Danny called this card the other week. He brought it to everyone's attention. Well, uh, not on the podcast because I don't think we talked about this card in the podcast. But in our no. in our text in our text chat that we got with each other, he uh, when one card got announced, he was like, "This card's moving up in price." He sent screenshots of it moving up from like a dollar to two dollars to five, and now it's where it is today. So, well, take- this wasn't because of me. It was I saw it on a Facebook group that I'm on. But uh, with the release of Karax or Karks. Kark. Karks. Um, what's his full name? Kark the Thumbless. There we go. Yep. Kark the Thumbless. Uh, his artifact equipment of his thumbs are increasing in price because there's actually a creature card for these thumbs. That, uh, because we pull up the shit. Should have pulled it up already. Because one, one of them's in the unset. Yeah. Uh, Kark's other thumb is in the unset. That one technically can't be played in Commander, but ask your play group. I'm pretty sure they'd be fine with a flavorful Kark's thumb deck. Right? I would. I'd be okay with that. Gotta find them real quick. Where the fuck is he? You can just click the... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I didn't, wasn't on that page. I was just on Mythic. So, Kark the Thumbless is a legendary creature, goblin zombie, or gobl- goblin wizard, sorry. Uh, one red, one colorless. Uh, whenever you cast an instance or a sorcery spell, flip a coin. 
If you lose the flip, return that spell to its owner's hand. If you win the flip, copy the spell and you choose new targets for that copy with the partner. And now with his thumbs equipped to him, you get more flips. Well, you don't equip. They're not equipments. They're just on the battlefield. Oh, fine. Even better. Yeah. Uh, so with Croc's thumb, you can uh, you would flip a, if you would flip a coin. Quit scrolling, Matt. <laughs> He's trying to use your screen. I am. Scroll up. Thank you. Anyway, let's read this back. Croc's thumb. Uh, if you would flip a coin, instead flip two coins and ignore one. So it's a great way to increase your chances of getting your flips correct. So I just totally realized, listening to him reading Crark, we forgot to cover the zero mana commander. We did. Again, that can just be a special episode, guys. But it's a zero mana commander. End of. Uh, that sounds like a good, good uh, starting base for a commander master's episode. You're no fun, Danny. You can't give everyone everything right away, bro. But we can. But we can. And the ones that we were saying about the unstable, it's Croc's other thumb. What? Okay, okay, okay. So how are you talking about uh, equipping Croc's thumb? There is a way to actually equip Croc's thumbs to Croc. Oh, is there? Thumbless, yes. So it's a spell. Bludgeoning Brawl. This is a little side note here, y'all. Please forgive us. It's going to be fun. It's going to be worth it. Those that are making this Croc the Thumbless deck... Needs this card in there just for the meme value. Bludgeon Brawl, red two enchantment. Each non-creature, non-equipment artifact, Kark's thumb, Kark's other thumb, is an equipment with equipped cost X and equipped creature gets plus X plus zero, where X is the artifact's total, or uh, X is the artifact's converted mana cost. So you have Kark out, Kark's the thumbless, Kark's thumb, Kark's other thumb, bludgeoning brawl, and you pay four mana, you can equip Krark, give him plus four, plus oh, so he's a six-two swinger, and you have officially put the thumbs back on Krark. Oh my god, what super glue. <laughs> and, the, and I don't know if, like, if you can see the art here very well. I'll pull it up on uh, on HD-looking stuff here. Is it Krark? No. Oh, that'd be so cool. Nope. You spelled bludgeon wrong. I did. I put an eye in there. They're fucking fighting with Murs. <laughs> what? That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the, that's cool. It's like Legos. Right? It's a it's a 32 cent card. Do it for the meme value, guys. Right? Drive this thing up. <laughs> buy it, buy it, buy it, so we can talk about it next week. Oh my god. <laughs> buy a hundred dollars worth. Right? Invest. This is worth the investment. Quick flip. But yeah. Uh, Kirk's thumb moving up in press. <laughs> Attach him to Kirk the thumbless, please. I want to see this. I'm, I'm Do it a- and then take a picture of it. Like, show us, please. Send it to us. Just send it. Don't uh, ever say that ever again. JB, we don't have. Is it my turn? We don't have. Uh, no, because it's not weekly winners. We don't have the losers this week. Peter decided to change it up here a little bit. Good. Oh. Okay, so Danny gets to read it then. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Pull it up. We have, I'll I'll lead you into it here, and then you can take it from there. Record Breakers, a new segment in the Weekly Winners article that reads, 
Instead of cheap pickups, I present you with record breakers of this week. The cards that have never been higher, but really don't pop up in the interest page because they creep up slowly. You might learn that you are richer than you thought. Uh, the first one on the, on the list is Furnace of Wrath. It is sitting at $10.13 right now, all-time high. It is red, red, red one. Enchantment, double all damage assigned to any creature or player. You need that. As the Tempest version specifically, it's had a couple other versions printed. Yep, all the 10th edition, so guess what? Modern legal. Yeah, it is, but it's almost too late game. But it's... It's four mana. You'll be fine with that. I don't need... I'm already winning by turn four. Yeah, but this is just for the fun of it, man. It's for lols, just like that other card I showed you. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, the next up is Trink, or Trick Bind. Yeah. It is sitting at 665, all-time high. It is one blue, one colorless, instant, with split second, uh, counter target activated or triggered ability if it's... If a permanent's ability is counted this way, activated abilities of that permanent can't be played this turn. Oh my god. Yes, please. This has only had one printing. So uh, keep that in mind. It's a very powerful control card that can uh, muck up your opponent's turn if they got like a lot of activated abilities. That is true. What set is that? The good thing is... is spiral? Yep. Yes. The good Modern thing, legal? Yes. <laughs> the good thing about this is it also hits mana abilities. Oh, no. Right? Man abilities can't be targeted. Says fuck your walking ballista. That's all I gotta say. Fuck the walking ballista. (laughs) This does hit a walking ballista because then they can't activate walking ballista the rest of the turn. Yep, and And they can't activate it in response because a split second. Yeah, there you go. Super secret deck teching against walking ballista decks out there. Anyway, (laughs) moving along, (laughs) we have Smokestack sitting at eight dollars and six cents, all time high. Uh, It's a four drop. Uh, artifact during your upkeep you may put a um, suit counter on smokestack during each player's upkeep that player sacrifices a permanent that each suit counter for each suit counter on smokestack wow (coughs) that's uh, that's a tongue twister for me too many S's this is a card uh, from Urza Saga it's only had one other printing from the uh, the vault annihilation so I mean I have that card. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you do. I do, because I bought the Annihilation okay. Picture Box. This, the vault. Oh, this is, is that where very... you got your Armageddon? Uh, some of them. Yep. My flawed ones, yeah. This is a Commander Stacks piece. So any Staxy players, there you go. Next on the list, we have Timber Protector. Sitting at 980, all-time high. There's one green, four colorless. Uh, Tree Folk Warrior. Other tree, folk cre- other tree folk creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Other tree folk and forces you control are indestructible. Brutal, bro. So this has moved up in price since uh, Zendikar very slowly because of Ayesha. Uh... <gasps> oh, sick. So if I get Kolfinar, this is totally going in it. Because Kolfinar is a tree folk. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so now with more Trifo coming, this thing actually might be moving up in price. So keep an keep an eye out, actually. And last but not least, we move to Smothering Tithe. Yes. Sitting in nineteen nineteen. 
It is one white, three colorless enchantment. Whenever a creature or an opponent draws a card, that player may pay two. If the player doesn't, you create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap, sack for this artifact, add one mana of any color. This is a commander card. <laughs> right. I've got one. And I think I only paid like eight bucks for it. Keep in mind, uh, this card got printed in the Esper Brawl deck from Throne of Eldraine last year. So I think some people are still selling the deck at 20 bucks. Right. So if you can find that deck for 20 bucks, you're getting a bunch of other cards in a smother time. You know, I was talking to Garrett about that. He was telling me about that. And I think he was saying that there's a watery grave in there too. Yep. Is there a watery grave in there? Yeah, a watery grave. Good lord. And I think they have a godless shine in there. So you get two shocks. Oh my god. I need both of those. Yeah. Buy the deck. Yeah, buy the Brawl deck. What you deck? The Esper Brawl deck. It's the fairy one. Yep. From where? Throwing From a Veldrain. You can go pick it up at J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming. I think, I actually, might, I think he does still have it. I might have sure. to go there Friday because I was going to get some uh, card boxes. There you go. Do it. Do it up. Just so I can bring my cards over here from Mansell's. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're doing that. I got to clean off a shelf. How much of a shelf do you need? Oh, you're going to... Extra storage? Well... Yeah, I'm losing my office. Oh, that's right. Got a baby on the way. I'm losing my office. Um, uh, that one. That'd be fine. Because I'm, far, I'm the farthest get, show. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I can reach that unlike you. <laughs> Short jokes. Uh, they never get old, unlike you. Oh my oh, god! Oh, look at this guy. Ten thousand comedians out of a job, and he's cracking jokes. Jesus <laughs> <gasps> Are you going to read the to whom it may concern? I, I will. Uh, no, he's not. That will conclude our weekly winners, but there is a little hint at the very bottom here. MTG Stocks has said, coming soon to whom it may concern. Those who follow us on Twitter actually got the heads up on this earlier this week because I retweeted it. This uh, MTG Stocks is coming out with Pokemon Stocks soon like it's going to be the same like format and stuff where you can like look at card uh card trends on graphs and we don't they, they haven't given us a date but it's coming out soon which is very exciting yep you can watch your charizard charizards go up in value oh my god right because that's apparently the only valuable card uh, there's there's <laughs> well yeah but not like charizard oh yeah no well, nothing like charizard but there you go weekly winners so with those cards that are moving up in price, we do have an amazing uh, site that we want to tell you about that can actually help benefit, that can you can benefit from using, <laughs> words are hard, we're getting there, that you can benefit from using to help notify you when those cards get to like a peak high that you want. Furnace of Wrath, Tempest Edition, you want to know when that card hits 15 bucks? Head over to TCG Sniper, make an account, put in the link of that card, into TCG Sniper, set the condition and the desired price that you want it to go to for either moving up or down. Mm-hmm. You will get a notification about uh, about that when it hits that desired price that you set. You click the link. It takes you to the TCG Player tab where you can then buy the card and be a happy Magic player. Yep. I've actually got a couple alerts right now on a, on a spec and watching on Etched Foil for myself yeah it's very effective it's a great site they are having so many plans like the 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 price increase notification 
it was one of the, it was off of one of their latest updates. If you guys want to learn a little more about that, we dropped a bonus episode talking with Jonathan and Penguin of uh, creators of TCG Sniper. Uh, one last thing with that: if you do go over and make an account, mention that we sent you that the guys at This Week and MTG sent you, and you will get a free three month of TCG Plus, where you get up to fifty cards that you can <laughs> submit to have watched and notified. Still crying because they're still not. Yeah, I'm crying because other people can get promos and I'm still not upgraded. <laughs> they can't see you in the back. Just <laughs> you're supposed to. You're supposed to mention that this week at MTG sent you. No, just, just stand on, my, on Matt's shoulders and just, he'll be able to see you. Matt just needs to put his big boy pants on and and <laughs> let them know that I'm still not upgraded. Daddy, tell right? them to let me do it. Exactly. Go check them out. They're an amazing site. Daddy. <laughs> we have a deck of the week that we're going to try our best to cover in a reasonable time. Though lies. We have <laughs> lies. It'll be like a half an hour deck tech. We have deviated off so far, so let's keep it going. Yeah. Deviated like it. my septum. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm punching her twinge dick. <laughs> oh, man. She deviated my septum. No regrets. Scotty P. This week's deck of the week is called Angel Vamps, a modern deck made by Morn, Mor, Morion, Morion, Morinian, Morinian. Thank we're, you, guys. We'll go with that. Is it post Morinian? Is this time zones getting back into <gasps> the? <gasps> okay, guys, quit niv misiting. I tried. Okay, <laughs> we're just doing a time paradox. We found this deck on Moxfield. JB really wanted to do this deck for two reasons. It ha- it has vampires and it has angels. And my favorite one job, white our uh, creature, Soulborn. And Segovian Angel. And Speaker of the Heavens. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty cool. But anyways, JB, break it down. Oh, fine. Okay, I'll go. Okay, so starting off in our creature slot. We have a single Angel of Condemnation, two Angel of Vitalities, two Archangel of Thunes, a single Bloodline Keeper, two Bloodthirsty Aerialist, a single Drana's Emissary, single Alenda the Dust Rose, single Herald of War, two Indulging Patricians, a single Lyra Dawnbringer, three Resplendent Angels, two Segovian Angels, a Safara Skies Blade, three Soul Wardens, three Speaker of the Heavens, three Sublime Archangels, a single Tesa Karlov, two Vampire Nighthawks, and two Vito Thorn of the Dusk Rose. A lot of creatures. With room for improvements. Yes, definitely room for improvements on that. Or what we think is improvements. Yes, what 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 our ideas are. Anyway, we'll go with that. You can take it as it is, or you can improve it, whatever you want to do. It's definitely a good starting point. Yes, this is definitely a good start off. It gives you so much. It like does. You, you got good synergies here with uh, life gain, interaction, and just very potent creatures. Mm-hmm. 
Um, before we go too far, uh, before we go too far diving into the deck, just want to talk about a couple of the spells that are in here as well. There are two Fatal Push, two Go for the Throat, two Safe Passage, and two Aether Vial. And then there's 24 lands, four Isolated Chapel, two Godless Shrine, two Emeria the Sky Ruin, four Seraph Sanctums, four Swamps, two Temple of Silence, and six Plains. And then for his sideboard, we have two Angel of Jubilation, two Bishops of Wings, uh, one God Knight Redeemer, two Inquisition of Kovlik, one Iona Shield of Emria, um, Amira, one Lightkeeper of Amira, two Oblivion Ring, one Paladin of Atonement, two Path to Exile, one Riot Control, one Sadus Sky Marker, Sky Marcher, one Sequin, um, Sequin Bond, uh, one Shadow Ally, Ally, Denzin, right? Yep, Denizen. Denizen, sorry. Uh, we got one Soul Ring and one Vampire of Dear Moon, of the Dire Moon. So those observant listeners, first off, the main deck has 66 cards here, and the sideboard has 20 cards, one of which is not modern legal. Right, yeah, I was just thinking that myself. I'm like, what the hell, why is there a Soul Ring in there? So this uh, this person has put up this list probably to try and get some feedback. You know, maybe we will uh, we'll give our feedback here, and then we'll put it in text form and send it to them and see what they oh, think. And he has a considering. Let's go back into the deck up here. So first off, you're going to want to shave off six of them cards to make it 60. Yep. You don't want to touch the lands. We have ideas and stuff with the spells, so we're not going to be touching the amount of spells down there. So there's eight. He's got a decent. There's six, yeah, there's eight. Well, six instances and one yep. and two, two artifacts. artifacts. Right. There's some good cards in the considering pile. A couple anyway. But the things that you want to be keeping for sure are veto, thorn of the dusk rose, life gain does seem to be a very prominent thing here, and then the fact of just a three mana a three mana creature that whenever uh, veto thorn of the dusk rose is black two for a one three vampire cleric legendary creature. Whenever you gain life, target opponent loses that much life and then has an activated ability of three black black. Creatures you control gain lifelink until end of turn. With the amount of life gain in this deck, like that amount of extra pinging and stuff is going to be er, draining. That extra amount of draining that Vito is going to do is going to be important. Uh, I think we all agree that moving that up probably to a four of is going to be what you want to do. Yeah, Getting that effect out on field is important. Unfortunately, he's a legendary, so honestly, I would only go three. You got to have four because you don't have a lot of card advantage in here to be drawing you through your deck to get to it as fast. I feel, exactly. I feel four might be too much, though, honestly. You're going to be wanting that on turn three as much as possible. Without If, if, if there's more ways to be cycling through your deck, like if there's cards that really okay. like... The thing is, I run Vito in my standard deck. Okay, in you my play standard in, in my cleric deck every once in a while, even though I hate it. I do it just because. Loser. Um, no. So in my cleric deck, I only run three of Vitos, and I see that motherfucker more than enough. Three to four, it is definitely for, for sure three. I'm in the side of four, just because again, you're not having a lot of cards to draw. I would I would say three main one side. That's a happy medium for now. Because most people, when they see Vito, they go after Vito. So that's why you're going to want at least three main board. Right. And the thing is, you don't want to have one on the field and be sitting on two on hand because that's just dead draws. I I get that. But 
if he's still on the board, though, and you have him in your hand, that means you have the upper hand against your opponent. Usually. Correct? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, you're applying the right pressure. You have a threat, and with the amount of life gain that you got in here, like, that's a legit threat. Because one of the things that triggers us off is one of Danny's favorite cards, Soul Warden. Give us a read. Oh, Soul Warden? Okay. Um, so it's a one white human clerk. It's a 1-1. One, one. Whenever another creature comes into play, you gain one life. So I like, on Arena, I play Historic only, usually. Um, and I have a mono-white Soul Warden deck, or I should say a Johnny Pride deck, based around Soul Warden, Johnny Pride Mate, and Heliod. Just get Pride Mate as high as I can, as quick as I can. Which actually brings me to the fact that he does have a Johnny's Pride Mate in his possible board. Yep, in the considering pile. Which is great for this kind of deck, because also Speaker of the Heavens, going off the life gain... I mean, the thing is, yeah, Johnny's Pride Mate's good in life gain decks, but honestly, I think it's not quite, not quite what you want for this because you're really going for a lot of that evasion. It's not, it's not a Tarmogoyf level for two drop, and Tarmogoyf being a two drop that's just like it's more versatile. True, right? And you, you, you got a lot of evasion because you're shitting out a lot of flyers. I mean, that's pretty much what you're banking on is you're banking on flyers. Yeah, I get that, but a lot of your flyers are turn three or higher, so. With your pride mate, I mind you, my deck is pretty high in flyers too. But it's turn one, Solworn, turn two, giant pride mate, turn three, whatever, and Solworn or a giant pride mate is swinging for four or five, depending on what you drop. But see, right. now there's there's one thing you could shore up with that two drop that I think would be way better in this deck, and that would be the bishop of wings that are in the sideboard, moving them into main board. Right. So we're playing around with numbers here. This, again, is a 66-card main board. Let's just look and see of six cards to straight-up take out. Honestly, I think the Indulging Patricians could go. Perfect. I'm in on that as well. I think it's a a three-drop single, you know, one-four with lifelink. Okay, unless you're going to be constantly pumping it, there's no point. That extra three life loss is going to be null and void because you're going to be going for veto and draining shit with all your lifelink anyway. So there's two cards that could shave off right there. Taste of Karlov. Mm. Dies, triggers, creature tokens. There's not much we're making creature tokens here. But really not all your tokens, it. it's gaining all your tokens, Vigilance and Lifeline. What tokens are you making, though? Angel tokens. From Bishop of Wings? And speak Bishop of, of Wings, Resplendent Angel? Uh, I don't know. I think it's not... That's more of a, more, a win more card. Like, those angels are already going to be pushing out a lot of stuff already well speaker of heavens once you have yep. seven more yep. life speaker you tap a create a four a four right. four white angel but, but again the point is like taste of Karlov is a win more in a modern deck you're gonna want you're, you're just trying to find efficiency like you gotta see the line between modern and edh like an edh yeah taste of Karlov is gonna be good in a build that's gonna be along the lines of this but you're gonna want to keep it low clean and stuff and this is a four drop because taste of Karlov is black white two for a two four uh, human advisor, if a creature dying causes a triggered a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time, and then creature tokens you control have Vigilance and Lifelink. Honestly, I think you could shave out the Angel of Condemnation, the Bloodline Keeper, and the Drawn as Emissary. All in on that. Possibly the Herald of War, too. 
I like yeah. Herald of War, but it's a five drop. You're very rarely going to be getting your Aether Vial up high enough to file that in. I mean, yeah, it's got upside, but I just... It's, again, it's another win more yeah, card. Not in not in modern. So there's your six cards that are out, and we can work around from there. You definitely want four Aether Vials. So in the spell slot, where is yep. the Fatal Push, the Gopher, the Throat, Safe Passage? Just turn those two fate, uh, Safe Passage into Aether Vials. And honestly, I... I, I... I'm a big fan of this card, and with enough humans, especially with me moving that um, Bishop of Wings into main board, and your Speaker of the Heavens, and your Soul Wardens, Dire Tactics, I think is definitely a good call, because you're going to have enough humans to turn it on to where you're not losing the life. Even if you're losing life. Yeah, even if you're losing life, you're getting lifelink. So, I mean, it's definitely a good call in there. It exiles stuff. It's going to hit that Earl, get rid of that Earl. I mean, it's definitely an all-around good card. I love that card. Dire Tactics is one of my favorite cards that's come out. Honestly, yeah. I think it's one of the only good cards that came out of Ikoria, but that's just me. So what, take out the both uh, Go for the Throat and Fatal Push and have all four Dire Tactics in there then? No, I'd do a 2-2 split between two Dire Tactics and two Blood Chief's Thirst. Yeah. I really do like the Blood Chief's Thirst better than the Fatal Push, especially in right. this deck because you're, you don't really have good ways of turning on Revolt. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't really need any good ways to turn on Revolt. Um, one noted thing here, uh, the price of the deck is just shy of 300 bucks, And changing up some of these cards to like Dire Tactics and into Blood Chief's Thirst is going to save you just like a couple bucks on the end. The most, the, the Aether Vials. Yep. Those the are... Aether Vials have gone up in price because you can thank Skyclave Apparition for that. Yeah. So that's one of them cards. Which, speaking of which, Danny, if you want Aether Vials, Pick them up at J Dubs on Friday because they're still like twenty three bucks. We'll see. Instead of like they're going for upwards of thirty, almost forty. So I would look at that. Get them while you can. We'll see. Possibly, maybe. I don't know. Got to pay bills, right? But if you can save like you know ten bucks, I'd true. do it. It's true. But uh, does that wrap on that deck? Uh, I don't know because didn't we want to change out the vampire nighthawks? Yeah, uh, you can upgrade that by going to the Nighthawk Scavenger we were talking about. Yeah, but it's really just, not that much more. Yeah, you, you're, and it, it it just makes it a bigger beater like into the late game. So it's, it doesn't make sense to be running a Vampire Nighthawk here because modern, you're wanting efficient, powerful things, not like multiple stuff. I mean, if you want a deck that has like eight Vampire Nighthawks, then yeah, like you have nighthawk scavenger and vampire nighthawk but this doesn't seem like the kind of deck that wants that really so right that's just one thing noted on here as well and honestly i think you could probably swap the angel of vitalities for the bishop of wings yeah yeah completely 100 percent swap that out and because i mean angel of vitality is good but you're really only netting one extra life it's really not worth it because it itself doesn't have lifelink I think you'd be better off having the Bishop of Wings in main board. So what we'll do is uh, we'll post up a link of our collective revised changes that we think to this. This is a weird take that we've done on deck of the week. Right. And stuff like this is like deck tacking of the week, deck fixing of the week, deck doctors. There you go. Ooh, new segments. Maybe. Question mark. But we'll, uh, we'll let us know if you like it. We'll throw it in. We'll put links to the original and our version. And uh, yeah. But I think, guys, we have gone on long enough. Finally. Danny <laughs> is tired of our shit. 
JB, I'm pretty sure he has to clean out his catheter. <laughs> He's been here too long. I do have to pee. Perfect. So, thank you all, you magic folk. You are true legends for making it all the way to the end of this podcast, dealing with us along the way. Please, as always, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're posting, we're sharing news and stuff that we come out with and that we see and stuff like, want to keep you guys informed. We want to be your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. Don't forget to join the Discord. We have a lot of discussions and stuff going on there. And actually, we're going to be talking about doing some new uh, like monthly things. Uh, we just had a movie night on Friday that turned out pretty fun. And we're going to do a bunch of different things with that, like watch some magic series on YouTube, um, Top Decked. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the other one, but there's another magic series on there that we'll probably watch together just because. Make popcorn. Just be a community. If you guys have questions, comments, concerns, make sure to hit us up on any of those social media sites. Uh, give us your grievances there. We are Matt, Danny, and JB. Or you can send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. We record the podcast every Monday night. You can come join, hang in the chat like everybody was doing, and uh, make fun of us, and we'll comment on it. <laughs> Please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode when they come out every Tuesday. And with that, that is it. We will catch you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.